This episode of Rolling with Ray is sponsored by the Texas Boot Company, located in Bastroff, Texas, nationally renowned for hundreds of unique styles of exclusive boots, handmade by some of the best boot makers in Texas. Head to toe outfitters, whether you're all cowboy or just from the shins down, check them out and enjoy free shipping nationwide. Visit www.texasbootcompany.com for more information. Welcome back to part two of Rick Smith's life journey. In the last episode, we talked about how his addiction to prescription drugs took a toll on his life. In this episode, we focus on how he turned his life around and the impact he's now making on everyone he meets. Well, welcome back to Rolling with Ray. And uh, we have uh, uh, my guest speaker today is Rick Smith, and this is part two. So Rick, thank you again for coming back on onto my show. Uh, uh, for those that are out there watching and want to know why we have these helmets out here, is uh, Rick went to MacArthur High School and I went to Irving High School. And uh, no, it's not Smack Mac Week, but uh, that'll be coming in the fall. It will be coming in the <laughs> fall. That's it. And it's right around the corner. So yes, sir. Wait. So, Rick, thank you again for uh, being on my podcast called Rolling with Ray. So I'm going to go ahead and get straight into it. Um, okay. So uh, you were diagnosed with the congestive heart failure. Uh, how old were you when you were diagnosed with that condition? Well, um, on the earlier show, we talked about my rock bottom experience, and it was during that time and what I went through with the addiction and losing my family that my health began to fail. And so um, it was actually, it was 2008 that they brought me in and they just, and they said, hey, you've suffered heart failure and what they actually call the broken heart syndrome. And it's a real deal. And they said it was irreversible and I probably wouldn't grow old. But so I was first diagnosed in 08, but come to find out the weakened heart came from when I was coaching, I got walking pneumonia. And that was probably around 2000, but it wasn't detected until 2008. Wow. So when uh, what, went, what went through your thoughts? Uh, uh, when they said, Rick, uh, you have congestive heart failure. And how old were you, by the way? Well, I'm 55, so I, I don't know, do the math to back to 2008, whatever that would be. Mm. I, I will say this, I got a pacemaker and a defibrillator when I was 40. Wow. And, and so um, my thought was this, I, I was pitiful in the beginning, right? Um, but then when I wrapped my mind around it, I said, you know what? So be it. I'm going down swinging mm -hmm. that that was it to, to say, I'm going to use this to inspire, you know, and I began to fight and battle back and to say, I could focus on what I couldn't do, or I could focus on what I could do. And, and I took on that athlete mentality to, to get up. And it was during that time of a friend of mine, Brandon Slade, the Olympic gold medalist reached out and he said, dude, are you just going to lay on your back? Or are you going to get up and fight? And that's when I decided I'm going to get up and fight. You know, like I said, if I'm going to die early, then I'm going to go out with a, a blaze of glory. <laughs> that's great. That's <laughs> awesome. You mentioned a while ago that uh, you had a defibrillator uh, installed in your chest. Mm -hmm. um, can you tell our viewers uh, uh, what that procedure's like? Yeah, um, I actually, I, it's called a bi-veep, and it was a pacemaker and a defibrillator. And so the pacemaker would pace the heart 
it, to a, a certain speed, if you would. Now, the defibrillator part was set in place, and if I got into cardiac arrhythmia or a problem, it would go off and it would shock me. And it did during a football game. Oh, wow. It did. It, I was with Argyle, and uh, we were playing at Salina. And I was, on, I was actually with a buddy, uh, Tyler. And all of a sudden, I thought the ball came out of bounds and hit me in the chest. And, it, and I doubled over. And he goes, he looks at me and he goes, what, what's wrong? And I go, oh my gosh, I think my thing went off. And he goes, what does that mean? And I go, we need to get to that ambulance over there. And so I actually went into what they call VTAC. And so that device saved my life, right? That when I texted the doctor, he wrote back LOL. And I said, my device went off. He said, LOL. And later he said, I wasn't laughing at you. He goes, but that's why you have that defibrillator. He goes, you know, you would have been dead if it hadn't gone off. Now that's a wake up call. <laughs> wow. That's amazing. In, two, in 2023, doctors told you that you were going to have to have a new heart to stay alive. What went through your thoughts then? The same doctor that wrote LOL is the one that broke it to me. And in his office, um, a guy named Dr. Daniel Caldwell out of Denton. Uh, he did echo and he came back and he said, man, just medication is not working anymore. There's, there's no more we can do. And he said, it's time we send you to the heart transplant division. And my heart just, my heart just sank. And, and, and Ray, you know, you're in trouble when your doctor looks you in the eye and then he gives you a full frontal body hug yes. and he says, I won't let you go through this alone. You know, you're in trouble. And, and so Ray, I was in disbelief to think if I don't get a new heart, I'm going to die. Like, and I had a lot of reasons, you know, that I wanted to live, you know, and I, and I wasn't sure because of the addiction I was giving going to qualify for a heart, but yeah, it was disheartening if you would to get news like that, to know that you may only have like six more months. Wow. Can you tell our viewers or describe to them what the procedure is? Uh, I mean, you, when the doctor tells you you're going to need a new heart, you just don't go in there and say, oh, I need a new heart. I'm just going to sit here and wait. There's a procedure. You got to get physicals. You got to uh -huh. get tested. Can you explain that to our viewers? Yeah, um, I actually, I was referred to UT Southwestern. One of the, the top transplant hospital in the United States. And so when they bring you in, they said, we're, we're going to have to evaluate you to see if you qualify for a heart and if they would be willing to offer you a heart. And so for Ray, for two weeks, and, and you actually came to see me during that time, for yes. two weeks, I was evaluated by every doctor or anyone there was with an MD behind their name, even dental, dermatology, psychology, the social workers, cardiac, pulmonologist, oncologist. It was the most intense thing I'd ever gone through for a two week period. And the process is this, is once they've done all that testing, they go meet as a team and they have to decide if they're gonna offer, and here's the key word, offer you a heart. You have to wait for a phone call. I had to wait for a phone call. They met on a Thursday morning and I was a nervous wreck to think they may call and say, it's not like getting a car loan right. to say we can't approve you, but I had to wait on that phone call for them to go, hey, Mr. Smith, we want to offer you a heart. And then you, 
then they're qualified to go on the list at a certain level, wow. which is the level means something. Sure, absolutely. Can, um, so on May 27th of 2023, you were a recipient of a new heart. That's awesome. That's unbelievable. Amen to that. Can you describe the emotions and how God truly does the unbelievable? I think the biggest emotion was probably May 26th when I got the news, laying in the hospital. A doctor came in named Dr. Farr, woke me up. And, and I was bedridden by then. I was in the intensive care unit. And um, she came in and woke me up and said, you know, Mr. Smith, I'm Dr. Farr from the transplant team. I never, I'll be honest, Ray, I've seen her one time and I've never seen her again. But I'll never forget her. So she woke me up and said, want to let you know we've accepted a heart on your behalf and I man I, Ray I reached out and I grabbed her arm and I go you're kidding but then the next question was well, where's the heart at and she said it's not been harvested yet and Ray I realized that the person still had the heart and they were still clinically alive at the time and wow. so yes I was transplanted on on the 27th but the 20, May 26th and 27th will be two dates that I'll never, ever forget to know that I'm sitting here today because I have somebody else's heart in me. Like some things you can't describe in words. Mm -hmm. it, you know, it's, it's beyond anyone's imagination to know that a team, you know, for six to 10 hours worked on you, took someone else's heart out took your heart out. Ray, I had no heartbeat for 90 minutes. Wow. And they kept me alive on what they call a heart-lung bypass machine. To know that you had no heartbeat for that long and you're dead, to know they, and they put someone else's in like, man, I could sit here for days and I'm not sure I could find the words to describe exactly what that felt like mm -hmm. or feels like today. I have no reason to complain about sure, anything. Sure. I guess you can tell, can you tell our viewers the importance of, of organ donators to make sure you do that. It'll sign you, I think you sign it on the back of your driver's license. The, mm -hmm. Can you tell our viewers how important that is? You know, um, it, it's very important. There, there's a shortage of organs, right? I'm gonna be honest with you. And so even at UT Southwestern, they did, I think 48 transplants last year. Wow. So do the math. So it's about four four months and so you have these people on the list that are waiting for a match so some people and this was my fear that i wasn't going to make it to the transplant table mm -hmm. i told my doctor my fear is i'm going to die before i get a heart so you're on this list and you're waiting and, and my point is this to pray about talk about being a donor because there's people that need you and your legacy can live on in somebody else, even when you've passed, if you're willing to be a donor. So it's the most important decision that you, besides accepting Christ, one of the most important decisions that you can make is to sign the back of that driver's license and say, I want to be a donor, you know, and sure. I want to help somebody else when I've passed on. Sure, absolutely. Rick, how do you feel today physically? And what is your message today when you now you speak to uh, the young people and even the older folks. That America needs a heart transplant. Mm -hmm. That's my message. I'll be honest with you. Um, that, that is what God showed me that I had a real heart transplant. 
Like, I may have a new heart. But I believe daily, like, either you either have had a heart transplant or you're in the middle of a transplant or you need a heart transplant, meaning that we all need to reevaluate how we can't control what people do, but we can control how we respond to people. And so that's kind of the message. Not only it's important to take care of yourself and to be a donor, but we also use it to talk about the importance of the way that we treat one another and we love one another. Like you and I sitting in this room together today as rivals, but brothers today, we need to really evaluate our heart and, and where it is now. That, that That's our message. Then the message that we want to take into the schools, you know, how these bullying is a big deal. Right. And, and so anybody that's a bully needs a heart transplant, you know, or, and I asked this question and, and, and it's true. And, and I challenged the football players. If you were a donor, but you found out that your heart was going to go to your high school rival, would you still give him your heart? Sure. But, and if the answer is no, you need a heart transplant. And, and so we utilize what I went through for you to evaluate your spiritual heart as well. Wow. What advice would you tell someone who has gone through a heart transplant like yourself or who is on the transplant list waiting? What advice would you give them? Man, your mental makeup is everything. Your positive attitude is everything. I went into this with, a, and you've heard me say this, the motto, say I won't. To tell me I can't do something and I'll prove you wrong. And my point is this, is to say that you have to prepare yourself mentally while you're on the list. Even afterwards, it's all about perspective. And it, you have to have a strong support system. And my support system came from all over Irving. So you have to surround yourself with people that are going to be positive and then pray for you and encourage you. And that's why I say we're Irving strong. I had love from Mac, Irving, and Nimitz. And so if you're going through something like that, man, you got to surround yourself with people that are going to lift you up every day. Sure, absolutely. So where do you see Rick Smith in 10 years from now? Uh, sharing the same message. You, you know, Ray, um, the, the same message of, of what God has shown me to do. You know, I believe when, when God tells you to do something, you can't hesitate. And I know what God has told me to do is he says, go and tell what I've done for you. And in 10 years, I plan on continue to share that same message of how important it is. We love one another, how we treat one another. I have a heart of somebody in me, 20 something years old. So I know God's not done with me. And so man, not just 10 years, brother, but I'm hoping in the next 25 years, I'm still sharing that same message. Amen. Amen. You know, God works in mysterious ways, and um, there's a reason why uh, you're here today. And, you know, my, my, my part of the story is I want to make sure that you tell your side of that story so you can inspire, inspire others. Um, but what inspires you today? Just um, knowing the gift I've been given, that young man inside of me inspires me. Mm -hmm. that th this individual, and, and Ray, I don't know him personally. I just know he was a young man in his 20s is all I know right now. I know that that young man lives inside of me and that I want to carry on his legacy and just to sit and do nothing with his heart 
would not honor the donor. And so that person that lives inside of me now, besides Jesus Christ, is what inspires me daily to get up and to make a difference. And, and so, you know, I think it's different for everyone, but, but yeah, that's exactly what inspires me today is that young man that lives in me, Christ in me, and, and this young man that lives inside of me and the gift that he gave me that I, or I wouldn't be here today. Right, right. So Rick, you're truly an amazing individual, an amazing person. Where can people reach out to you uh, if they have a question or they want to know more about rock bottom outreach or even heart transplants? Um, we're very accessible through, through the website, rockbottomoutreach.org. Um, you can email me, even rockbottomoutreach at yahoo.com. My, my cell number, 940-368-0034. And so uh, social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, uh, TikTok, you know, Rock Bottom Outreach. You may hear RBO sometimes, which is acronym for Rock Bottom Outreach, but you can reach me that way if you have any questions about getting on the list, um, maybe you've had a heart transplant and you're struggling, you can reach out to me. But if you want to know more about Rock Bottom Outreach, because honestly, Ray, Rock Bottom is different for everybody and not just alcohol and drugs, but sickness or like what you've gone through. Sure. I'm sure you've had your own Rock Bottom experience. And so um, feel free to reach out for any of those things. Well, Rick, we're, we're out of time and uh, I appreciate you being ready. <laughs> Already, 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 right? Can you imagine how how fast thirty minutes goes by? Time flies by. But okay, uh, I, I want to say thank you again for coming in and sharing your story, and you're very inspirational, and uh, you are ma definitely making a different uh, in difference in people's lives. And so I just kind of want to end with that. Is there anything else you'd like to say? No, I just I appreciate you, and and you inspire me. I want you to know that. And, and what you've gone through. And, and again, either you're going to be pitiful or powerful. And Ray, you're powerful. Well, I appreciate that. Thank you so much, Rick. And I appreciate you having me on the show. Thank you so much. Love you, brother. All right. Love you, bud. Thank you for watching and listening to my podcast. I want to thank the Grossman Burn Foundation and the Texas Boot Company for sponsoring this episode. Make sure to follow me on Facebook, Instagram, and on my YouTube channel, called Rolling with Ray. Make sure to like, share, and subscribe. Should you be looking for a good read this summer, please pick up my book called The Life I Didn't Expect, Facing Adversity and Winning. The book is on Amazon. And until I see you again, keep rolling with Ray. This episode of Rolling with Ray is sponsored by the Grossman Burn Foundation. The Grossman Burn Foundation provides medical, financial, and emotional support to families who have suffered a burn injury, and they aid in the development of a self-sustainable communities worldwide through public education, strategic partnerships, and teamwork. For more information, go to www.grossmanburnfoundation.org or email inquiries to info at grossmanburnfoundation.org or you can call 866-411-4423 for more information.